Kicking and Streaming Podcast is brought to you by Cafe 1804. Premium Haitian coffee now available online at cafe1804.com. That's cafe, K-A-F-E, 1804.com. This is Kicking and Streaming Podcast, a binge watcher's guide to streaming movies, TV series, and stuff. Here are your hosts, Graham and Jocelyn. And hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Kicking and Streaming Podcast. Today with me, of course, is the valiant and absolutely fantastic Jojo, also <laughs> canonized last week as St. Jojo of That's Maryland. True. This is true. This is true. Howdy-do. <laughs> ah, howdy-do. We, we were talking about how long this week has been. <laughs> and that is no joke when we ain't, ain't nobody playing with y'all when I say this week was long by Thursday when I'm like oh today's Thursday about fucking time isn't it <laughs> yeah I actually learned a little a little trick with the Amazon device whose name I cannot say because it's in the same room as me but uh, if, if you ask her to make it Friday she will pretend to make it Friday and then say oops I, I reset to Monday so Oh, really? She does that? Yeah, she does that. I was desperate enough to ask her to, to make it Friday. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have done that, though. <laughs> yeah. You, well, you know you've reached a level of, of sadness and desperation when you do that. I think don't you? There, there's some things you don't want to get her started doing. You know what I mean? Because for me, she she keeps getting creepier and creepier. I'm not playing, man. Yeah, no, she's she's well, you know, she's like connected to to Jeff Bezos's brain or whatever. So I mean, <laughs> of course she's gonna get creepier. Have you seen him, dude? Okay, so listen to this one. There are four of them here, and there's one that is the brain, and boom, boom, whatever, right? Yesterday, I kept, in, every time I said her name, the name that shall not be named, because otherwise she gets like activated and shit. Yeah. She one of, one of them was like, "I'm not currently connected to the internet. Would you like me to see what's going on?" I'm like, "No, the rest of you are so fuck you." <laughs> I've had that happen before, and it starts a cascade of them saying things like that. I'm not currently connected to the internet, and it's like it, it's just this cascade of it all around the entire house of them saying. I was like, "Shut up! I don't care." <laughs> Nobody needs you. <laughs> but here's but, another here's another one, right? Yeah. I hate that she hasn't learned yet that there's a certain distance that somebody has to be at the door for her to be announcing. Motion detected at the front door. I'm like, no, that was just a fucking car. Stop it. <laughs> that was on the street. Actually, that was on the, the opposite street. Not my street, the street all the way down the road. It was a That's amazing. Chihuahua. Yes. All right, well, uh, Jojo, today we are reviewing a movie that was suggested to us by one of our fellow podcasters and friends, the ladies at Full Time Black Woman, suggested that we do a review of this movie, and boy, what a suggestion it was. From what you told me, you actually loved this shit, didn't you? Yes, I did. I did. I really want to hear what what they have to to think about it or have to say about it and what they thought of it. But I I adored this movie. Do you know what? I actually thought about shooting a message 
this week to ask them to join us for uh, for this review. And to be honest, the week got incredibly complicated to the point where I completely forgot to do that. And I didn't want to, you know, do it on a short notice where they would have to like scramble their days to, to accommodate us. Mainly because it was the first time that I would be asking them because, you know, Gordy and Smash <laughs> would just give them like three hours notice and they come <laughs> on. <you know. laughs> they're, they're, they, they do that. They do that for us. They, they, they know us. But, but yeah, we, we don't want to, we don't want to come out of the gate with, Hey, you want to be on a podcast <laughs> in 15 minutes? You ready? Right. Let's go. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. <laughs> I mean, for seasoned podcasters like our hosts of Full Time Black Woman, it's really, I, it, it wouldn't be a big deal, but at the same oh, no. time, you want to be respectful of people's time. Yes. And so we, we didn't want to do that. But I would very much so, if they would like to join us in, in, in at, at one point, if they are watching this live, of course, also, they are very much invited to join us. And it would be awesome. Just shoot me a text and uh, we will send them an invitation through Melon. And they can join us. But let's let's get on with it, right? Yeah. The movie, Jojo, I care a lot. It seems to be something that everyone seems to agree that is a fantastic movie. And myself included, right? Myself included, I thought it was a great movie. It's just the subject was a bit too, too much for me. Okay. And <laughs> I think Rosamund Pike did... An absolutely fantastic job. And of course, you won Best Actress on Golden Globes for this movie. So clearly, you can tell that she brought her all of her tools into this movie. But let's make our listeners know what we're talking about here. And you are the woman in charge of doing so. <laughs> So, Jojo, uh, would you like to put it into context for our listeners? So, I Care A Lot is a movie starring Rosamund Pike and Peter Dinklage and Diane Weist. And it is the story of a woman, Rosamund Pike, who is someone who, through perfectly legal means, makes herself the legal guardian of older people who have, through certain means and ways, it has been decided that they cannot care for themselves. So she takes over their estates and their assets, and she, what she does is manage, essentially manage their life. And she chooses someone through the help of some of her subordinates and, and, and co-conspirators, if you will, who turns out to be not who they are on paper. Uh, they, they do a lot of research before they they take on one of these people. And this person looked like they were perfect, you know, no living relatives, lots of money in the bank, a nice house that was paid for, someone that she could very easily put into a care facility and take over their assets. Unfortunately for her, chose the wrong person. This was someone who is a completely different person in real life as opposed to what's on paper. And this is where you discover ties with Peter Dinklage and the Russian mafia. And uh, the story goes from there. And I 
love this movie. I just really, really, really loved this movie. <laughs> Rosamund Pike, I think, got a bit of a, I, I think, a boost, a career boost with her portrayal in Gone Girl, which is, I hate to say, a similar character, but a, a perhaps sympathetic character to this one someone who would probably understand the motivations of this character that it's in the movie I care a lot. But what I found interesting is that the movie Gone Girl scared a lot of people, especially men, from what I have read and been told. So anyway, so that's that that's Gone Girl. But I, I think that people definitely pull a correlation between that character and uh, the one in I Care a Lot. But I think what I loved so much about this is there. So you have Rosamund, Rosamund Pike, who is is so good and so brilliant at playing an extremely powerful woman, extremely confident, extremely strong, and she doesn't have to be nice. She's she's an antihero. She doesn't have to be anything other than than what she is. And she is out for money. That's that's her her whole her whole thing. She's she's out to get money. And I I just really enjoyed the bringing of that to the table. The showing of a of a female character who's essentially ruthless and out for everything, and at the same time, isn't your your stereotypical character with that sort of thing. Um, I also enjoyed with the movie that. Everyone nearly in the movie who's competent is female, which is, which is, I, I thought was a nice difference than, than normally, you know, you have uh, the, the, the character of herself, you have the character of her, her lover, you have the, the, the woman that they, that they've mistakenly picked on. You have uh, the jewel dealer, you have, you know, I mean, essentially everyone who is competent and good at their job, you have an assassin, they're all women. And I loved that about the movie because you don't get to see that very often. And it felt very, very, very on purpose. Yeah, that is a good point that you make. And um, I think it's a weird thing to see from a movie written and directed by a dude. But (laughs) that was a nice touch. Yes, I, I was very surprised to find out that the writer and director was, in fact, not a woman, because I, I, I thought for sure it would be, because the character that Rosamund Pike plays in this movie is, is I feel like, a character that I've been waiting to see on film for a long time yeah, and haven't seen, so it was... It was it's it's a very cool experience to to get to see this character on screen. Yeah, you are absolutely right. I didn't love the character, but I can understand where I, I can understand exactly what you're talking about. Seeing a woman who the whole idea of it would be nice if she was nice. You know what I mean? Like I can accept a villain, a woman villain, but there she has to have some sort of characteristic that makes her empathetic. And that's bullshit. Because had it been a dude actor playing the character of a dude, everybody would be like, damn, this motherfucker is ruthless. And woo, 
Oh, he's badass. He's amazing. Right, right. Because like we had that shit with Walter White, didn't we? <laughs> yes. You know. Yes. I mean, I mean, this is a a character that is for me as sociopathic as Walter White. Yes. You know. Yes. She. 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 She is a stone cold psychopath, sociopath, hell whatever she you want. Is. <laughs> And and unapologetically so, and and the film is also unapologetic about it. That doesn't make excuses for it. Doesn't give her a sad past. It doesn't do anything. It's like no, this is who she is. This is what she does. And goddamn, if she isn't good at it. Yes. So I am. We gotta we gotta go on and, and describe this movie a little a little more because there are things that happen. Everything, most of the things that happen, especially on the legal front, are plausible. Yes. Right? Th- these are things that happen on a daily basis. These are things. It makes you understand the, the American businessman or woman who can boast about having achieving the American dream. And the fact of the matter is, what you see here from Wall Street, the movie to this movie, what you see is that there is no such thing as achieving the highest peak of the American dream without having stepped on people's throats, without leaving a couple of courses or more behind. And so when someone comes to you and and, and bring this bullshit about it was all about hard work, that is what they are telling themselves to sleep at night. That is not necessarily the truth. And if you dig, if you dig enough, you will find the bodies. <laughs> you will find the trail of tears. You will find the trail of blood. So, so it's important to, at least for me, it was it was an important thing thing to watch. The problem is, those people are celebrated especially when they have a penis and a pair of balls, to almost to the point of hero. If Facebook had been owned by a woman, Facebook would be gone by now with all the shit that Zuckerberg has caused American democracy. That is for sure. Am I wrong? No, no, you aren't. And 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 the one of the other beautiful, lovely perfect touches I love about this movie is the fact that this is supposed to be about caring for people. And what are us women supposed to be good at? We're supposed to be nurturers. We're supposed to be motherly. We're supposed to care. And so what does she build her empire on? Caring for people. And that is it. That would work. That is absolutely realistic in the idea of capitalism. She could build an enormous empire on that fact and that fact only. And that's that's another thing that I, I feel like some of this movie is just a feminist manifesto and I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you you know you know you're not wrong. You are absolutely not wrong, Jojo. Um, I Yeah, go on, please. I you know the the scene where because of course, you know, the we have the the Russian mafia is involved, becomes involved and Peter Dinklage is so perfectly cast in this 
One, because he's one of the greatest actors, I think, of all time. I mean, the guy like moves his beard a little bit in this movie and you feel things. It's like, oh, somebody's about to die. Yeah. And, he, and he hasn't even done anything but moved his, you know, a few chin hairs. Yeah. But I I also feel that, and, and I'm probably going too deep on this, but he is a little person. Yeah. He is literally a little man. Yes. And for that... I feel that that was sort of symbolic in the fight between these two sociopathic titans, that that one is a woman who has always been judged by the fact that she doesn't have the right genitals. And men are so often judged on their height. I, and that that is a fact. That yes. is the truth. You know, the, the taller candidate will often win an apprentice presidency race. Yep. CEOs are definitely tall, certainly statistically taller than others. So I just felt that that was also some a casting decision that was also made in the sense of let's let's set these two people up who who are both in some ways going to be judged for something other than what they actually are or what they actually are capable of. They're going to be judged by appearances and what they have and do not have. And that just, I I, I loved that because to me that brought so much more to the fight. Yes. And, you know, everything you are talking about here, it can be explained with in, in the attitude of other people. For instance, the judge, as you said, because societally, a woman is supposed to be a caregiver, the judge never questioned anything she said because who am I to say something uh, to, to say something contrary to what a woman thinks in terms of the care of somebody else. She is a caregiver by nature. So if she tells me that especially in see the female doctor, who makes the, yes. the, the reference. And yes. then, of course, yes. the character of Rosamund Pike that comes and says, yeah, I think the best thing to do is this, this and that. The judge never questioned. And even when the lawyer appears and makes an argument that anybody who's anybody, competent at least, should say, wait a minute, I think I want to hear more of this. I think this needs to yeah. be looked at. Because I've never heard this before, but this clearly should raise in a law, right? Like, there is no perfect. You you have to understand, I, I mean, my light bulb would come on. Like, how come these two are always working in pair? Yes. Right? Yes. Yes, exactly. But and, but then you have the, 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 the character of this particular attorney who comes in and he's very, very fly. Yeah. You know, he's got the three-piece suits. He's got the, the diamonds necktie and everything going mm -hmm. on. And he looks like a shyster. I right. mean, honestly, right. he, he looks like the kind of attorney that would come in and do exactly what she suggested that he was there to do. Yeah. Oh, well, he's, he's not actually representing her. He's this and this and this. And the judge is just like, oh, well, you know, a, a woman isn't going to, you know, especially not a woman doctor and not a woman caretaker. They're not going to collude together to do this. No, no, no. I don't know this guy. I've never seen him before. Who is he? I know these two ladies yeah. and they're lovely. <laughs> <laughs> As opposed to Poor Fiona, who was apparently an idiot. I don't know. That that also bothered me. That also bothered yes. me because this was another opportunity for the judge to show to show some competence and said, yes. you know what? I want to hear from Miss Fiona herself. Right? Yes. 
I, yes. I don't have a lot of respect for her. I don't think she is the greatest character. But now, right now, this is you say versus she say, and she's not here to defend herself. She's not here yes. to elaborate on her affidavit. So let's give her at least. I may not trust this uh, yes. lawyer. I might not think that the person I have in front of me who's been accused of taking advantage of this of this lady, I, I might not think that she's capable of that. And I don't believe the lawyer. But there is an allegation that should be checked out as opposed to, yes. I know her, she's an idiot. Uh, uh, well, I know her, she's something. Yeah, that was that was terrible. <laughs> it was like, what is yes. he doing? You know. Yes, yes, it really was, and I and it was, I think, very much. Um, and and <laughs> this happens. I mean, this happens in real life. People actually do this to other people, older people, yes. and 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 disadvantaged people, and that sort of thing. So. I, I do think that this is an indication of the kind of judge that is going to be sitting on the bench. If he's worked with people for a while, he doesn't want to rock the boat. He doesn't want yeah. to do any extra yeah. work. There's he's just there. You know, I just I just want to do this. And as far as I know, these people are perfectly fine yeah. and everything is good. Because we see this, you know, in the in 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 child protective service. Yes. It happens that too. Is true. Happens a lot. You know, well, like I know that caseworker, that kid's fine, you know, or, or those parents are in and out of here all the time, that you know, that kind of thing. So I think there's a lot of 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 social commentary as well yes. in this movie for something that that is a dark comedy. I think there is a lot of stuff in here going on that we, to make you think, to make you go, oh, shit, this could really happen. Is that what his bill does? A comedy? Yes, a dark comedy. A black comedy, I believe. A film noir. Uh, not a film noir, but a black comedy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> so <laughs> let's, let's talk a little bit about the cast because, you know, it was refreshing to see Diane Weist playing a character that is somewhat vulnerable, because yes. she is a sort of like, she's always played the badass grandmother, very powerful family matron person. And this time she was vulnerable, but not that much, to tell you the truth. Because she yeah, would have fucked up. <laughs> 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 she was ready to fight. Yo. I mean, she got up and did her thing. And I was like, yo, she's gone. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. It was perfect. It was, uh, you know, when they when they first came to to her, her house with the summons and everything, like the, like she was like, oh, I have to get my glasses, and she was being she was being sweet, but she was also being sort of trepidatious, if you will, which you you know one would hope. And then as you know, as Rosamund Pike kind of went into her spiel, and you know. And the, the smoothness and the slickness of this, how they took her keys away from her, is just so very easily. And, you know, how they, let's go pack a bag, and they gave her her little comforter and, you know, things like that. I, I just, I appreciated, I'm not applauding, but I appreciated the slickness of that and how well these people can operate. I understand this is a movie, but this also happens in real life. Yes. And and it, it it happens all the time. So you know the the way they got her cell phone away from her was 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 another example of that. And then watching her put in her pin code, which come on, folks, one 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 one. Come on, <laughs> that's right. hey, that's that's pure Kanye West shit, man. I know. I was thinking <laughs> the same thing. I was like, wait, isn't Kanye's like all zeros or something like that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Just keep 
it's in zero till it opens. But yeah. I, I just, I, I, uh, so, you know, you have the social commentary part of, of people preying on the vulnerable. Um, and then of course you have the, the feminism aspect, the feminist aspect of it. You have the, the mafia aspect of it. I, I think this movie comes together with, with a lot of things. I, my father used to say something that I thought of a lot during this movie, which was being poor, being very poor is a great protection. <laughs> Uh, or can be a great protection right? in that you're never going to be targeted by any of these people. <laughs> you're never going to have to worry about whether your friends like you for you or for your million bucks. Yeah. Uh, if somebody comes to help you, it's out of the kindness of their heart and for altruism. It's not because they're hoping for a handout further down the road or anything like that. So I, that kept running through my mind because I was like, yeah, I'm never going to be targeted for this. So <laughs> you, You're absolutely right, dude. It, it, you're, you're right in like no one comes to you aid. Like if you if you have money, it's almost as if you had to be looking over your shoulder all the time. Because whenever yes. people come to you aid, whenever people offer to help, whenever people put themselves at your service, you have to be like, what the hell do they want? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. What, what, what have I done? How have I earned this person's total fealty? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, so you, are, you are absolutely right. The mafia aspect of it, I thought, was also a nice touch. You know, the the surprise aspect of it. Because this is someone, the character of my, Marla Grayson, played by Rosamund Pike, who has gotten away with this over and over and over again. And it shows and it predicates the whole notion of when you get confident enough while doing something wrong, right? That's the moment you start to fuck up. Yeah. And yeah. I, it, there are some things about the decisions she makes that are questionable in that, you know how they say that, you know, thieves will likely not enter home if they know that there's an alarm and there's cameras and things like that, right? It's like, and and unless they are like really really after something they know is there that they can't live without. If they try and something interrupts, most likely they will run. And, and so what I was expecting, it was for Marla to say, you know what, this shit is getting a bit complicated and I, I got a business that I'm running here. You know what I mean? At this point, it's not sure that she knew that she was going to make a billion dollars with the case of this lady. So I question the fact that she didn't say, yeah, I think I'm going to just step out. Because if not for herself, because she made it clear that she wasn't afraid of dying, but she had people in her life that that at least needed her protection. Uh, clearly, she didn't care a lot about her mother. <laughs> you know but i mean she had the girlfriend that that needed her protection and i, I thought you know I, I can see where this is a good moment to say i'm not gonna fuck with these people anymore because you know whatever so what do you think about that 
I love that she didn't because I feel that normally in a Hollywood movie, with that being a female character, that's when she would have backed down. And in a Hollywood movie, if that had been written as a male character, he would have done the same thing that she actually did in in the movie. And I I love that because she was challenged on her what she considered her turf. And she had the nose to know that this case is worth more than what you're offering me. And yeah, you're coming here in here with threats and things like that. But that means that you're scared because otherwise you would have just taken me out and taken her away and I would have never known anything about it. But if you come in in here, I'll try to throw your swagger around and stuff. No, no, you, you, you have, there is something else behind this and I want to play this game. And I love the fact that she did that. I loved the fact that she didn't back down. Really? <laughs> <laughs> you are mad surprising, Jojo. <laughs> Damn, man. Well, it, it's, it, you know, you got, okay. So she's, she is who she is. She's very confident. She's very strong. She, 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 I'm not saying what she's doing is right, y'all. Okay. But she has a very successful business and somebody walks up into your business and tries to tell you and threaten you. No, we're, no, you're, you we're, I'm going to give you this and you just go along your way or otherwise your pretty little face is going to get messed up. Oh, yeah. Fuck you. Fuck you. Get the fuck out of my office. <laughs> Damn. Yo, when did you get this scared, dude? Like, <laughs> yo, uh, right? No, I just, yeah, yeah, no. I mean, well, I, I, I mean, come on, Graham, think about it. If it was, if it was a business that you didn't have an issue with, because you know, grifting old people and grifting that kind of thing. But let's say she was a successful real estate agent, right? And somebody comes in with with one hundred and fifty thousand dollars over some old house that you're going to tear down that you have perfectly legal right to tear down. Yeah, get out of my face. Go away. Right. No. It's mine. Get no, lost. Look, man, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying you're scaring the fuck out of me. <laughs> 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 That's not what I'm saying, dude. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> All I'm saying is right now, dude... <laughs> I didn't know. I don't know. Who the fuck are you and what did you do with JoJo? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord. Yes. But yes. Yeah. No. I, so I, I fully respected and loved her decision in that because, like I said, don't come in here with your, with your, with your coat and your three piece suit and start calling a doctor a him and flat, throw your money around at me and, and, and try to get up in my business. No, this is my business. Get the fuck out. Right. Okay. So, so <laughs> let's do this, Jojo. Let's, <laughs> let us, <laughs> let us seriously, let me ask you this. Do you think, can you think of another person who could have, gotten away with playing this role as well as Rosamund Pike did? Oh, I don't know. It's hard to think of someone else because this character, another thing I loved about this character is is that she's not portrayed really as specifically feminine or specifically male, if that makes right. sense. Yeah. You, you know, she's she's just what she is. Right. And 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 that's another thing I love about this character. She's not 
been Hollywood pigeonholed into being a woman or, or being a man. I did have a little bit of an issue at first with her being portrayed as a lesbian, not because I have any issues with the queer community or with lesbianism. That's not what I mean. Right. But just because it seemed like a trope to me. Like, you know, okay, let's let's make her a lesbian because, you know, a, a straight woman could never have the the capacity or the, the the ability to be as strong and as butch as a lesbian woman has to be to 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 get this job done. So to me at first it felt like a trope. But after having watching it for a while, I realized the fact that they needed this character of her lover to to kind of have her bounce us, uh, ideas off of yeah. and to have somebody to care about and to show a different side of her. And I realized that writing that sort of a male character, because she is so strong and is so confident and is so take no shit, that writing her a husband or a male lover would be incredibly difficult to write a man like that. Yeah. Men like that obviously exist, but – for a writer to do, it would be just much easier to let's let's just make her lover a woman because this is a character that that is going to need a very special man in her life, and um, there's not as many of them that aren't going to be intimidated by her. So let's let's just make her lesbian because it's easier to write that way. <laughs> but yeah, you, I'm absolutely right. I, I do see. Your point in the beginning when you start seeing the fact that also they're not only two very good friends who are doing this shit together. They are also lovers because it it almost felt like uh, the writer may have had an agenda here. But when when you start seeing how far they go together is that, well, you know, the last thing they could be is lovers. You know, like in, in that... Yeah, I I don't see a reason why they wouldn't have that kind of intimacy too, <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So you you have a like you can't be blamed for feeling a, you know some type of way in the beginning about the relationship until you realize okay, so that makes sense. And plus, that kind of sidekickism <laughs> comes more from lovers, regardless of the of the sexuality. Uh, you, you know what I mean, like uh, a, a ride or die type of thing. And truthfully, you, you you're right. Men like that exist, but that kind of ride or die. The Hollywood expectation is that a woman is can be as supportive as that to a male, and not vice versa. And so, so that was that was perfectly played and perfectly done. It and and you explaining it that way makes absolute sense. This was your, your type of shit, uh, Justin. This is your kind of movie, isn't it? Uh. <laughs> well, I have to say, I have to say, there's also a scene that I love. It's the car scene where uh, Peter Dinklage and his crew have thought they've dispatched her, and um, there's she fights for her life. And there is a scene where she gets out of a, a pond, and she there's just a second, and then she she pulls a tooth out of her mouth that's been loosened in 
in the fight in when he hit her and after a second she screams and it was it was the scream of i am alive i lived through that and it was a scream that i think all of us women have felt at some point or another in our soul whenever some mediocre white man thought that he just successfully fucked us in the face yeah and we were like no motherfucker you didn't i have you i've got you and no you're going down man you are going down and it's it's a beautiful feeling and she's just standing there screaming holding this tooth and i was like i know that feeling i have felt that feeling i haven't literally pulled a tooth out of my mouth but i know that feeling and i was like oh peter dinklage you done fucked up man <laughs> do you know, it's, you know the other thing i thought about is that this this is the most primal I've ever seen a female character and I fucking loved it. I'm like, I want to drink a beer on behalf of this lady. When she, <laughs> when she did the scream, like, because, yeah. because, you know, it, it, it's, it's anger. It's yeah. anger. And it's knowing like, fuck you. Right. Yeah. Yep. It's anger. And it's, it's also joy and relief. Cause she, she lived, they thought she's dead. They think she's dead and she is alive right now. She lived through that, through her own ability. She got herself out of that. She didn't rely on anybody else. Nobody saved her. She did that shit herself. So there is pure joy in that. There is pure rage. There is just pure adrenaline. It's, it's, it's I don't think anybody but Rosamund Pike could have played this character. To well, get back to your original question. <laughs> well, yeah, it took a long while to answer the damn question, but you got it. Man. I, I know. I'm slow. <laughs> yeah, while I was watching it, I, I, I kept thinking to myself, who could have played this character? Who else could have played this character? Um, nobody else came to mind, to be honest. If this character was... I think the only other person I could see playing this character and that would change it in a lot of contexts. If I had to pick anybody other than Rosamund Pike to play this character, it's going to surprise you to hear me say this. I would go with Viola, Viola Davis. Oh, that would be good. <laughs> that would be good. Because Viola has that kind of badassness and unscrupulousness that that Rosamond uh, yeah. sort of like flared off. Yeah. But yeah. I, can't, I can't think of anybody else, man. Yeah, <laughs> no, that would be good. That would yeah. be good. I also, and I, I don't know that this is a, a, a basket of eggs that we want to get into or, or whatever, but I was also kind of curious about because it felt like a statement to me, and I don't know if you have thoughts on this, but it felt like a statement to me that the the movie was very um, non-diverse, with the exception of Rosamund Pike's lover and the judge. Yeah, I feel that everybody else was pretty much Caucasian, and yeah. I don't know. I like I said, I don't know if there's anything we want to get into or not. But to me, that felt like a decision on the movie's part. Like we're going to make these people white for a reason. Yeah. As opposed to just the typical, like, Hollywood, let's make everybody white. <laughs> yeah. But, but I, I can see I can see the, the point here because 
that's why I thought about Viola Davis because we've complained about black characters written like on on two extremes. You know what yes. I mean? Like the good black character is almost saintly. Yes. <laughs> yes. W- without any without any fault. That's why we we liked the little things because yes. we you know the character that Denzel played. We discovered that this guy wasn't by no means perfect. He he was an asshole on his own right. And so so we've complained about that. I know that the black community we've complained about that. And and also Hollywood, in Hollywood, there has been these complaints. It's either the black character is the drug dealer, the this, the that, like all of the bad shit and stereotypical nonsense. Or when the black character is good, is almost saintly. <laughs> you know, what I mean, like, like, what are you? You're supposed to have an aura on your head and shit. And I think the writer and director may have wanted to stay away from that. And the character of Isaiah Whitlock is is perfectly plausible as a family court judge, in that sense, because it's not like he didn't have. You know, he 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 was full of flaws, but he was a, he he was more a depiction of flaws of the system. Yes, as opposed to his character itself. Yes, I agree with that. So 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 I I think I think you're right to have noticed that. But I think for me that is the easiest explanation as to maybe why the decision, if there was any at all, was made in in in, and I'm I'm cool with that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is a fantastic observation. So we have, okay, we've talked countlessly about Rosamund Pike, and we talked, referred to her lover, who was played by Aza Gonzalez. She, um, she was, you know, she started, she started her acting career in in Mexican telenovelas, and we've seen a lot of that crossover in the past. I would want. I want to say maybe since the mid two thousands, we had a lot of Mexican-born actors who made the crossover into Hollywood seamlessly, almost. Some of them are actually. I think the way the way it went, the way it goes, and I know that my experience with youth soccer also has a lot to do with this. But I think a lot of American-born kids of Mexican descent sometimes will go and find success in Mexico. And then once they're well-known enough, they come back to the U.S. and throw themselves at, into Hollywood. So that that's a bit of like a weird explanation, but it has correlates to what actors and singers and a lot of them have done is that they find, if they're American-born, they find success in in Mexico through telenovelas and in, in, in some Mexico those movies like no one else in Latin America too and then you know they get well known well enough to come to the US and start picking up roles and stuff so Isa Gonzalez is from that school I think and I think she was she was fantastic in this role too because she she herself has had her skills uh, as Fran any. Yeah, yeah. She she was very very good in this. She was reminding me of um oh, I forgot the actress's name, but she was reminding me of another older actress 
And I was like, and, and I, I mean that as a compliment, like her acting style was reminding me of her. And it it was, she was just, uh, she was really, really good. She was good as, as Fran slash Frankie. Um, yeah. And uh, I like that she didn't want to be called Frankie. I did too. <laughs> That thing, I think I think there was there was a story there between the two, uh, her and the other and the. Cop. I definitely think so too. I think there was something there that was not. It was just a little little encapsulated little encapsulated story mm-hmm. right there that we didn't get to hear about. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. Yeah, she was she was very very good, and uh, she. I wish I could remember the name of the actress she was reminding me of, um, but one of these days it'll come to me. <laughs> <laughs> hey man. So Diane Wist, we, we talked about her earlier. I I've I, I love this lady. And I think I began to like her, extremely like her, when I she played a character on a series that I was very into. It was HBO's In Session, and she was the therapist and mentor to Paul, who was played by Gabriel Byrne, Irish actor. Uh, so so this was one of, to me, one of the greatest series on HBO back then. And a lot of people didn't like it, so it went on for like three seasons and then it got squashed because, you know, it was about therapy and shit and people talking about feelings and crying and talking too much about themselves and there was no ass kicking and house burnings and shit like that. How dare we talk so, about feelings? <laughs> so, so Diane Wist was like magnificent in this. And I was like, obviously she's, she's been in so many other things, but like, I, I think for me, when the moment I, I discovered how incredibly great she was, was through this series. And wherever, whenever I see her in something, I'm like, yeah, this is gonna be good. This lady's good. Yeah. Yeah. She she is she's very, very good. I remember her from Edward Scissorhands. For whatever reason, she made a big impression on me in that movie. And uh that's that's what I always think of her is that role in Edward Scissorhands. But she is excellent. Then she is fantastic. And and she is also like big on Broadway. Yes. Uh, yes, she is. <laughs> yes. You know, I think she still lives in New York. I, like she she gives off know, that aura. She does. I, I, yeah. She just. She seems very much like a, a New York lady. Like she doesn't see she's like, uh, California, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Michelle yeah. Rodriguez is who I was trying to think of earlier. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. That is. Yeah. Now that is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Right. So Peter Dinklage. Uh, what an. What a gift to the world. <laughs> he is amazing. I I I don't he I think he's one of the finest actors alive today. Yeah. Yeah, the, with without a doubt. And I've never seen Game of Get Thrones. So I mean I can't even throw that into the uh, my whole uh you know Peter uh, Dinklage Jojo. fan club love fest. So wait till you see Game of Thrones <laughs> bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the weird thing is that the very first time I ever saw Peter Dinklage was on Seinfeld. And it was like one of those weirdest things. And then I never saw him again. And then the next time I saw him was on, on Game of Thrones. And since then, he's been 
everywhere. He's been on everything. <laughs> but he doesn't take bad parts. He just, they write shit for him, I guess, you know? Yeah, I I think that, it, you know, he he's, he's proven himself as being so phenomenal. And then I think, I also think he, he seems very much to me like somebody who's not going to do something just to do it. He's yeah. He's really researching what he's doing. And, and paying attention and reading it. And he just comes across to me as so intelligent and so well-read and empathetic that it's like, I, I don't know. I, I first saw him in a great little movie called Death at a Funeral. And right. he he was so good in that one. I I saw the the British version first because there's a few different versions of it. Right. I saw the one directed by Frank Oz who I love Frank Oz. But anyway, so I first saw him in that and thought he was fabulous. And that's been like, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago now. Yeah. It was and early 2000, wasn't he? Yeah, something like yeah. that. Yeah. 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 Dinklage, Dinklage, Dinklage. Chris Messina is one dude that I, I don't know if I should call him a character actor because, I, I mean, he's he's actually starred a couple of a couple of movies in series or whatever, but he is he is great, Chris Messina. He is absolutely great. And you can believe like there's no character I've seen him. I'm like, eh, maybe they could have picked somebody else for this one. Mm-hmm. Like every everything he gets, he'll make it his and and work with it and convince you of it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we've had that problem with other actors. Like we'll be like yeah, I'm not sure this is this is what so and so should have been, you know. Yeah. But he he was he was fantastic as the sleazy little lawyer and stuff. <laughs> he was so good. He was so good. Through and then you see him like being scared of 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 the character of Roman, you know, <laughs> like it's family court, dude. Like that's not my realm. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, uh, I was I was I was. Cool. Yeah, that was a great scene. That was a great scene. <laughs> it's family court. The judge is a fucking moron. <laughs> smash, smash, smash. That's funny, man. Um, That's good stuff. Alicia Wheat, uh, Dr. Karen Amos, and she like looked like somebody I've seen on, on other things, but like I can't tell you. None of the things that she's been on are things that are hugely famous that I know of. She was in, in the 90s, she was in a sitcom called Sybil. She played the daughter of Sybil Shepherd, And I remember her from that because I, 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 a, a young girl, I think I had a crush on her because I just thought she was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. And um, she's been in lots of other little little things but she actually was also in orange is the new black so you might recognize her from there right she was good for a doctor whatever man like yeah she she was i thought she was a very interesting cast choice because they they could have you know they could have cast somebody younger or or, i'm sorry somebody older or or it could have been a man but uh, you know it's just she was it was like she was just like the perfect age demographic and the sort of I don't know, just the, a, a perfect example of somebody who could play the system and make what they had work for them. I think you're right, though. I think the operative word here throughout the entire movie was woman. Yeah. You know? So 
let's see, who else do we have? We've already talked about Isaiah Whitlock as George Lomax. Everybody knows uh, uh, <laughs> the longest she ever, <laughs> ever uttered in the world. If you, <laughs> if you don't know of this reference, you should first listen to our podcast episode about the history of square words. Yes. And see how Isaiah Whitlock comes to in, into into collection with the word shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you know Isaiah Whitlock, you should, unless you've lived under a rock for the longest time, you yeah. should know Isaiah Whitlock, isn't it? Yeah. So Damien Young, he is the, what do you call the quintessential character actor. He's the guy that will play anything and you'll see him, yeah, that's a guy. Yes. He's a director of something. He's the father of some something. He is the butler to somebody. He wouldn't yes. play any of those characters and you'd be like, yeah, 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 that's him. He, and there's an older British sitcom and you've probably seen it or maybe not. I don't know. It's called Waiting for God. And it's about characters who are in a, a care home in, in Britain. And it's a, it's a for-profit care home. And it's a comedy and it's hilarious and it's amazing. And it's one of my favorite shows. But the director of it is the character that Damien Young plays. Like, it's it's eerie. Like, I think he yeah. watched Waiting for God and just recreated this guy because the guy is such a sleazeball. And, <laughs> and so, like... It, you know, doing the tours and getting people in with with all you know the old people in and their money in and that kind of thing, and, and I'm like, oh my god, he, he, it's waiting for God. He's so good at this. I, he so yes, Damien Young was perfect in this part. Yeah, and finally, what do you think of Nicholas Logan as Alexei Ignatiev? <laughs> that was he was funny. There was he an, was an really element funny. of funniness on him, innit? really funny he was it was like <laughs> when he went to the house and was you know everything was wrong and then he just got in the taxi and just drove off and was like fuck because <laughs> he knew that he was in deep shit like he knew he knew that he had just missed every opportunity that was going to be asked of him but you know he's like well i can't go back now <laughs> Right, <laughs> like who sent you? Who called you? Let me get the fuck out. Of here. <laughs> don't look! Don't look! Don't look! Yeah. He, he, there, there was something on his face too, like the faces that he did. It was almost like I'm in pain or something. <laughs> it's funny. It was funny. I en I enjoyed the little scene when they take the tour of yeah. the, the care home. And they're they're looking for for Jennifer, and, and ma'am, 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 and she's in the bathroom, and 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 he's like instantly like I'm not gonna look, I'm not gonna look, but ma'am, ma'am, and she comes out about fucking time. <laughs> but he's so sweet with her, like he's so sweet with yeah. her. <laughs> and then she said, "Is uh, my guess is Alexis? Oh no, that fucking idiot! No, <laughs> yes. it's like oh my god, <laughs> like poor Alexi, he did a good thing." <laughs> He tried. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that was like he was great, man. And was, I almost believed that he was some kind of like you know ginger Russian, which 
you don't you don't see a lot of ginger Russians. <laughs> no. But I was I was ready to believe her, Alexei Ignatiev to be a ginger Russian. <laughs> yeah. The assassin, I think, was played by Eva Godet, wasn't it? I believe uh, so, yes. She was like really smooth too. <laughs> like I'm Excellent. here to do a job. I'm gonna do this and get the fuck out. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. And I think another example of and I, I I need to shut up about this, but honestly, another example of she's a woman wa- woman walking up to another woman. Are you okay? Is everything yeah. all right? Yeah. And you know, very non-threatening. Like you know, as another woman, you're instantly going to be like, oh, it's it's okay. It wasn't her. Obviously, she didn't do anything to me. And and then she just takes over from there. It was just like ah. And it also it also sheds light on the whole if you want something well done, just let a woman do it. Because every time it was a dude in charge of dealing with the character of Marla, somehow it just never panned out. She no. was the only one that actually got to Marla, kidnapped her, and you know, <laughs> like why don't you deploy her, let her work her magic on her? But yeah, you're you're right. Yep. This was a movie that I enjoyed talking about, about a character that I did not enjoy. And (laughs) (laughs) there were many reasons why I didn't enjoy this character. And I I like villains that, I mean, woman or, or, or male, I like villains that give me one reason to cheer for them, even if I want them to get caught, even when I want them to get killed, even when... I, I that's I'm not the the type of guy who's always going with the good guys. I like when there is something in a villain that I can. We've talked about this, right? Mm-hmm. I, I've always talked about we. I think I refer to it most of the time as a Dickensian trait in characters where you know you're not just bad because you're bad. Mm-hmm. There's got to be something about you that not necessarily tells me a story, but makes me want to know you more mm-hmm. and not just push you away. Because I wasn't, this was not a movie where there was a bad, where, was, where there were good guys and bad guys. No. Everybody in this movie were completely terrible motherfuckers. Yes. Right? So there wasn't anybody to cheer on, to, to, to root for except for the well-being of Jennifer Peterson. But I don't know if, if, if I'm making sense. For me, you know, v- villainy is not just one-dimensional. There, I, I, I couldn't buy, I didn't buy the explanation, the narrated explanation of, of, of Marla's character. And uh, so I didn't enjoy the character like that. But I can acknowledge, absolutely acknowledge, that Rosamund Pike was perfect on this one. And this was, by all accounts, one of the most fantastic little movies I've seen this year. I think I think that, and I'm probably going too deep in this, but I, I think that part of the reason why they were all so odious and... and no one that we could like is it it felt like to me a bit of a 
he's speaking to capitalism. To me, they were both very much a figurehead for capitalism. And as you said earlier, the fact that, you know, no, no matter how big and great and wonderful and marvelous you, you make yourself out to be at some point you have hurt somebody on your way up the ladder. And I feel like that these characters were, she especially were an amalgamation of, of capitalism. Like if capitalism was a person, then, then it was Miss Grayson. Yeah. If capitalism was a person, that was Marla Grayson. But, that was the entire cast of characters in this, too, except for Jennifer Peterson. And that's because we don't know her background story. We don't know how many, you know, the trail of tears and blood that she's left along the way either. Probably so, plenty, ma- considering her house and her savings account and what was in that Damn. box. <laughs> that was in that box, though. Damn. Yeah. All right, folks, you can, you should watch this movie if you haven't. And once again, I want to give thanks to our friends, the ladies and hosts of Full-Time Black Woman for recommending this movie. Yes. And for for suggesting that we do an episode about it. Yes. I would love to reprise this conversation, if need be, even if, if it were just a, a little live on our YouTube channel, just to go over it you know, to see it from their perspective. So the invitation is clearly open. I enjoyed talking about it in clearly Jojo. (laughs) This movie brought brought something out of you that I'm like, you know, yeah. Are you scared of me now? Kind of. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. We've been friends. We've been friends for for quite a long time now, yes. you know, we've, we've been co-workers before and anything. Never see that one coming. <laughs> the crazy thing is, you kind of look a little bit like Marla, so. <laughs> I'm, I'm not defrauding anybody currently. I mean, you know, like. Yeah, no, you're good. You're yeah. good, Jen. Okay. You just get scary, but you're good. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do get scary. My husband gets scared of me all the time. Yeah, I can uh, commiserate. <laughs> Jeffrey, man, I feel your pain, dude. <laughs> All right, so we want to thank you for, if you joined us at some point during uh, this live stream, thank you very much. But for the folks who come week after week after week to listen to our podcast, we are incredibly appreciative of that. Yes. And to our fellow podcasters who also give us tremendous, tremendous support by sharing, by liking, and by coming to us when they see some gems like this and say, hey, man, I think this is right down your alley. You should do it. So, you know, to the Godies, to the Smash, to uh, our ladies of uh, Full Time Black Woman, to our friends. Uh, the Mock Podcast, also to our very good friend, George DeMoya, all of you guys, thank you for, for keeping us in your thoughts and for always, you know, volunteering new things that we should watch, new things that you think we should talk about, 
and you have you know friends and uh, because we are we've always considered you so yes jojo where would people find you if they were looking for you on instagram i am jocelyn podcast right and me you will find me on instagram on twitter and also on the facebook as mr puzzetta that's m r p u z z e t t a m r p u z z e t t a that's going to call it for us today thank you very much thanks everybody bye thank you for listening to kicking and streaming podcast if you found value in our content please subscribe and share we would also be delighted to hear what you think of this podcast So please rate us by writing a quick review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on all major social media platforms such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. Join the conversation happening today on our Facebook group. <laughs>